You know, we are deep into November, getting ready to open up the calendar to the month of December, and I think it is time to take a look back and see where have we been for 2019. What kind of a year has it been? Has it been good, bad? Has it been really ugly? Well, it depends on who you really talk to, and I wanted to assemble a panel of some of the best experts in the industry to talk about this. I've got Mr. Tim Ashoff on the phone, the president and CWO of Crete Carrier Corporation, and Tim has been with Crete for more than 15 years, and he joined Crete as general counsel. He added management duties along the way, eventually becoming chief operating officer and then a president of the company in 2017. He serves on the boards of the Nebraska Trucking Association and the American Trucking Association Litigation Council. And Tim, it's great to welcome you back to the program, sir. How are you? Great to be back on. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. Thank you. Eric Cutter, also on board, the president of Schaefer Trucking, and uh, he was named president of the refrigerated division, Schaefer Trucking, back in 2017. He's got more than 20 years of experience in the trucking industry and uh, most recently serving as president of Knight Refrigerated. Eric, how are you, sir? Doing well, Mark. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And also want to welcome back to the uh, North American Microphones uh, gentleman I talked with before, Chris Genest. And he is the Network Transportation Operations Manager for Mars Pet Care. And Chris serves as the Network Transportation Ops Manager for Mars Pet, uh, Pet Care. He joined Mars Pet Care back in 2015 as the Associate Director of Consumer Care. And before Mars, he worked in several businesses, including the Neutro Company, Frito-Lay, and also Brisk Transportation. And Chris, I want to welcome you to the show, sir. How are you today? Doing well, Mark. Thank you. It's good to have all three of you back on the radio. I wanted to get you on to talk about where we've been in 2019 and where are we going in 2020. It's going to be really an incredible year next year. And, uh, Chris, I want to thank you for uh, having us out to the Mars Pet Care facility just outside of Nashville recently. And, man, that is really a beautiful campus that you got there. A lot of a lot of cool stuff, and you got a lot of great folks uh, working there, don't you? Yeah, Mark, we have, we have almost 800 associates on this campus, and it is just a fantastic place to be. You know, it's pet-friendly, so people bring their dogs in. So on any day, you know, we've got 100 to 200 pets you know on on site and it's just it's a great place to place to work and a great place to be right now i think also too chris right uh what's really great about that facility from what i remember is that you've got some of the latest and greatest technology uh computer systems hardware software it's all designed uh to help the efficiency of the operation and that's the way that the industry is going to be going as we go forward into 2020 more technology more digital capabilities i mean we are literally operating at the speed of light in the trucking industry and in the in the, in the uh, supply chain aren't we really are you know and, and we're very lucky here at, at mars you know to be able to partner with people like crete and with you know we partnered with a, a very large tms provider this year that's bringing a ton of value uh to the business we're really able to drill down and find out you know wh- what are we doing right and what are we doing wrong and uh, really start to drill down on those things that keep drivers moving day in and day out, um, cut down on the time of detention and the, and the time that they, their wheels aren't moving. We know how important that is. And then make the freight right. So make sure that the, the freight that we have with them is, 
is properly loaded, it's loaded on time, all of those pieces. So, yeah, no, the technology is fantastic, and, and we're moving just as quickly as we can to keep up with it. Um, you know, and so it's, it's just it's a very exciting time, I think, in, in transportation. I'm just uh, super pleased to be where I'm at right now. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, Eric, uh, again, thank you for spending a few minutes with us on the uh, program. You know, I was uh, just thinking while Chris was talking about the technology side uh, really moving the trucking industry forward in 2020. I would imagine that's got to be especially true in the refrigerated side. I mean, you've got to deal with uh, perishable commodities. Time is really of the essence in getting a lot of the freight to uh, where it needs to go to uh, maybe cut down on spoilage and things like that. Does the technology really help enhance the movement of freight through the refrigerated side of trucking? What do you think? Yes, it does, Mark. Technology helps us quite a bit. We're, we're very data-driven. We measure how long it takes to get in and out of facilities, uh, shippers, ship sites, and receiving sites. And it's great to, to partner with, with folks like Mars Pet Care and Mars Wrigley. Uh, just got back uh, from last week from a collaboration with, uh, with that group to talk about how, how we can look at concerted efforts to, to work on problem receivers and improve the efficiencies in the unload process and the OS&D process. And it's, it's just great to be able to sit across the table and talk about real solutions and come up with real answers and help our drivers become more efficient and look at every minute that, uh, that they're available. All right, Tim, let me get your thoughts on that as well. Being the president CWO of Crete, uh, technology is going to be driving all of this going forward here. I mean, if you look back, say, so when you first got started with Crete back 15 years ago and uh, looking at what we've got on the technology board today, it is literally night and day. Am I correct in that? We've really come a long way over the years. Oh, absolutely. And I was just uh, talking to one of our drivers here, you know, about uh, you know 15 years ago on, on just the, the time and, and how flexible time was back then and how we didn't need to be ultimately as precise and as efficient as we do today due to the you know hours of service rules that came into effect really in 2005 and really put the focus on being really efficient and effective and you know I think at first people thought well those hours of service rules they're they're not going to be any good for us but I think what it's really done is it has uh, made us carriers work with people like Mars to be just more efficient overall with our use of time and a driver's uh, use of time so um, that's the that's the positive side effect of the hours of service rules Sometimes we talk a lot of negative about them, uh, but we needed data to be able to figure out where we had those uh, inefficiencies. Uh, we, so we started using um, technologies to help us gather data. Um, now we've been using technologies to now use that data and, and certainly help our drivers uh, to use their time much more effectively. So things are different than we used to do it uh, 15 years ago. We, we know the drivers' hours of service available. We are working then with shippers on loads that match our drivers' hours of service, uh, when to schedule the pickups, when to schedule deliveries, uh, and use that hours of service effectively. And we couldn't do that without technology. No, absolutely. And uh, this also, I think, opens up some more job opportunities as well. Am I correct, Tim, uh, from the fact that now with this data coming in, with the technology driving a lot of this data, that there is a need for people that have the ability to be, to be able to analyze the analytics of this, the predictive analytics, and having somebody on board or maybe a team on board that is dedicated to predictive analytics, I mean, it just helps grease the wheels uh, to make the efficiency that much more smoother, doesn't it? 
That's absolutely true. I think we were, Eric and I were smart enough to realize that, uh, you know, we, we know how to operate a trucking company, but we're certainly not technology or data experts, and we need help doing that. So we did uh, start a really a data sciences team and have a VP of analytics that uh, was actually an, an internal person of ours, came through our accounting team, and then he went on to uh, get a special degree um, uh, from NC State on data analytics. We brought him back then, have him had him start up a team um, a couple years ago, and from that team, again, it's taking that data, validating the data, and then determining what can we learn from it. How do we model um, efficiencies and inefficiencies in, in freight and freight lanes uh, in everything we do, even down to maintenance and safety. And then the biggest thing is, and, and what's been really good about that team, is we've taken, we've put members on the team that have been, have been involved in operations and other parts of our company so they can actually take that data and do something real with it. Uh, it's one thing to have data. It's one thing to say, well, this is what we think it says, but then to actually do something with it is very important. So uh, we're trying to bridge that gap, and I think we've done a good job at that and are looking forward to doing more of that in 2020. All right, Eric, expand on that a little bit as well, because uh, like I mentioned earlier, with the refrigerated side of this, time is of the essence, and uh, you've got to have everything opera operating correctly on the technology side as well. When you look at some of the predictive analytics on the refrigerated side of uh, your fence, if you will, what have been some of the maybe some of the concerns or issues that uh, the analytics might have pointed out, uh, like maybe matching up freight to the driver's hours and things like that. It's a learning process with the analytics, isn't it? What do you think? Uh, yes, Mark, it, it is a learning process. We, we've actually been able to use the data uh, and, and look at our, our freight network and then work with uh, the Mars Wrigley team to take that data and convert that in, into what we call some non-traditional dedicated driving jobs. And that helps us promote improved customer service for the Mars Wrigley Group and also consistent home time for our, our, our drivers. And at the same time, help us so with overall company growth. We've got over over 65 drivers hauling Mars Wrigley Freight uh, based upon the, the use of the data in their network and uh, countering that off our, our other customer base to create great driving jobs just, just with the, the basis of the data. Okay, Chris, and expand on that as well because I'm really fascinated by the whole idea of the technology side of this really moving trucking forward. When you look at the collaborative partnership uh, between Schaefer and Crete and what you do for Mars, getting that collaborative data, the predictive analytics, as far as the shipping times, loading and unloading and things like that, it's really helped drive the engine to move the whole process forward. Uh, this is going to be one of the critical elements, I would imagine, for Mars Pet Care and Wrigley going forward in 2020, more utilization of that data. For sure, Mark. I mean, when, when you look at a partner like Crete, you know, right now, they're a partner that, that carries about 475 loads a week for us or about 24,000 um, plus loads annually for us. And, and, and they're a great partner delivering right around that 95% on time. And, and one of the things they're doing this year with us is they're piloting one of our new carrier scorecards, which is really taking that data that we have out there, you know, analyzing it and looking at it. We're looking at, you know, on-time pickup, on-time delivery, did we tender them um, properly, um, you know, we're looking for check calls, um, you know, check call timeliness, shipment count, and this is really where the mutuality comes in. Are we giving them the right number of shipments um, every week, every period? To go back to, to what Tim and Eric were saying, you know, are we keeping their drivers moving as they build out their network every year around Mars Pet Care and how we build that out? Um, we look at shipments per lane, service to the customers. You know, ultimately, that's the goal we're after. 
And this data really gets us down into looking at what's working well, what's not working well, how do we get better at it together. Um, and so we're just we're taking all that data, uh, we're sharing it out with the carrier, we're allowing them to see, you know, all of the analytics that we have internally. And, you know, as they were talking about before, sitting down as partners, really, um, and, and talking through, you know, how do we get better at all of this? How do we get better at, at mm-hmm. learning quicker? Being in the industry, as, as long as I've been in the industry, it's changed just so much that, that we have to partner with everyone out there, you know, with the creeds of the world to make sure that, that we're using this data to both of our advantages. And I think that's just that's what's going to make it better for everyone. And also, too, Chris, I imagine that uh, being the network transportation ops manager that you've got to look at the data and uh, figure out the best ways to maximize the lanes that are going to be available. Uh, do you travel, say, Interstate 35, as an example, or maybe Interstate 80 or I-40, for example, going through parts of uh, Arkansas and then up to uh, areas of the of the Northeast. Is that a moving target, in other words, uh, that you have to maybe change lanes in order to maximize efficiency or do you have maybe set a set dedicated lane run for a lot of the products that you're moving it's a little bit of both mark for sure uh when we look at you know we're here to we're here to service our customers right and we have customers that are that are growing by 25 and 35 percent every year and with that growth there's new dcs opening there's new warehouses opening customers are changing their footprint across the u.s so we definitely look at you know how are we maximizing our miles? And, and some of the data we've come up with is, as we move forward, you know, and as we talk about what does 2020 look like for Mars Pet Karen and for our partners such as Crete, right, is we're looking to move to, to, a, to a little bit bigger footprint as Mars Pet Care. We're going to move from a 4RDC model to a 5RDC model. Mm. And what that does is it takes us from 585 miles on average to our close to our customers down to about 450 miles. It gets us closer into our customers. It allows us to get closer to that one-day delivery. It gets better on time. And, you know, it helps our partners like Crete. You have, yeah. you have drivers that can turn better, right? And we make sure that we're getting them the right miles so that uh, so that they can continue to move on, on the right pace. So I think it's really critical as we look at this and, and how the markets are changing and, and how we use that data and, and partner with, you know, as we look at, at where these these five RDCs are going, you know, how, how do we go do that with our partners? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Eric, from uh, the standpoint of Schaefer's uh, view, um, I would imagine also, too, that uh, maybe you're looking at changing some of the freight print as well, uh, looking at uh, ways to maximize efficiencies. Is that, uh, again, going back to what Chris said, maybe that's a moving target, maybe a combination of dedicated uh, lanes or, or maybe looking at rotating lanes. How do you guys look at it from the refrigerated side? It, it's uh, it's uh, it's some it's both of those, Mark. Uh, it, we we like to have a, a varying length of haul. You know, a driver's hours are always going to fluctuate. So sometimes the driver may have a full clock, other times they may have half a clock. So we like to have a a certain percentage of our freight uh, that can run a shorter length of haul, so we can maximize that driver's hours for the day. That way, we're maximizing their uh, their weekly pay. And uh, of course. If you could pick, you'd, you'd always want the longer length of haul every single time, but we know that's not possible with uh, with how every day is a little bit different in the in the driver's world. So we just try to have a, per, a percentage of each. That way we just focus on maximizing that driver's clock uh, day in and day out so we have a great weekly weekly mileage mark for our drivers. Okay, Tim, I want to get you to weigh on, in on that as well because uh, is that going to be one of the uh, key areas for success for Crete going forward for next year? is finding ways to maximize those lanes, uh, maybe a combination of dedicated or 
maybe rotating lanes uh, depending upon customer needs. Is that on your plan? It absolutely is, and and one of the good things about customers like uh, Mars, both on the pet side and on their uh, Mars Wrigley side, is that they've they've come to us. Uh, you know, as as Chris talks about um, changing their network, um, they've they, re- they ask us feedback about, hey, where are good places to to locate DCs? What are good service territories then for your drivers? Where can you hire drivers? Where can you have uh, backhaul opportunities then to get them back to our DCs, where we can then put them on the next load efficiently? Uh, and that that type of conversation with our customers is, is so valuable. Um, obviously, we know that there are certain outside factors on where DCs will be located, you know, population, uh, parts of the country that will actually allow DCs. You know, you go into certain parts of the country, that they love to have uh, the groceries and the pet care uh, products, but uh, they don't like to have the trucks and the DCs around. So we know those things come into play. But working with our customers and saying, yeah, these are good, efficient locations, these are good, efficient um, drops uh, or good, efficient lengths of haul, and then certainly um, can we do as much drop and hook as possible? And how do we make it efficient? And one of the things I think that that um, Eric mentioned, we were out with uh, Mars Wrigley last week, is um, working on their network and helping it become more efficient overall. And for them, you know, for a customer in many ways, being more efficient means running less miles, mm-hmm. which you might think, well, as a carrier, that's not good because uh, you're getting less miles for you and your and for your driver. But but what that really means is if they can use their warehouse. Uh, and their warehouses and their distribution network really efficient uh, by by not having unnecessary loads or unnecessary transfers between warehouses. Um, then then those customer deliveries or those those inbound loads that we have we're bringing in uh, are going to be processed efficiently. Get in and out, get in and out quickly because their warehouses aren't overloaded. And so that was a big part of our discussion as well is how do we how do we eliminate miles mm-hmm. uh, to actually give our drivers more miles on a daily basis if that makes sense. And so you know Mars Wrigley and Mars pet care they're doing those types of things to be as efficient as possible and those are the types of people we want to partner with too for the benefit of our drivers i also would imagine too tim that uh, you got a lot of collaborative feedback from the drivers themselves uh that uh, may weigh in on distribution lanes on uh maybe more drop and hooks and things like that i know you're very active getting out and about talking with your drivers and they're the front line aren't they they give you a lot of great feedback when you chat with them Absolutely. You know, uh, we have a lot of long-term drivers at Crete and Schaefer, as you know, with, uh, uh, with our focus on who we, who we hire and we keep on, on the fleet. So they go in and out of these same facilities many, many times, and they give us a, a lot of, of really good feedback about the pluses and minuses of the facilities. And then, you know, it's our job to then take that information back to customers and say, how do we work on that? And, you know, one of the things, again, uh, just to show you about our relationship with Mars here is not only do, do like when we do that, they want our drivers directly involved. We had a collaboration meeting here uh, at the beginning of the year where um, they asked for us to bring in some of our drivers, and we had a driver come in. Uh, Melvin was is his name and been a long-term driver with us, and uh, he was the most valuable member in that meeting. Uh, he provided the best feedback uh, the, for for us, uh, and I think the best feedback from Mars, as we've heard from them a few times, uh, because it was really straight from the driver's perspective. And it's uh, we, we Eric and I try to do the best job as we can to convey uh, what some of the, uh, the challenges the drivers face and then what um, some of the positives uh, that customers like Mars do, the benefit then is to that to drivers. So having them involved in the meetings, having our drivers involved with the meetings with customers is just very valuable. Okay, gentlemen, I do have to break here for some uh, weather traffic and news. And ladies and gentlemen out there listening across North America, let me invite you on board. If you want to get on uh, the radio and talk with Tim Ashoff, the president CWO. Of Creek Carrier Corporation, Eric Cutter is on board as well, the president of Schaefer, 
Trucking, and also Chris Genest, the Network Transportation Operations Manager for Mars Pet Care. And uh, feel free to talk about technology if it's really helping you in your daily operations. How much do you rely on technology these days to do your job? How critical is technology for you out there on the road? So jump in. That's going to be one of the first questions I've got for them coming up uh, in just a few minutes as well. And I do want to get into the conversation about new facilities. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of talk about new buildings going up, all of it designed to help with warehousing, to help with the driver efficiency. So we'll get into that as well. Now, back to Road Dog Trucking News with Mark Willis on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. Hey, drivers, you are more than welcome to join me in the conversation with the roundtable that I've got going on right now. The phone number, it is 888-876-2336. All across North America, as you know, I have been taking a look back at 2019 over the last couple of weeks and just seeing what kind of a year it's been. And where are we going in trucking for 2020? And I've got a great panel assembled right now that you're welcome to talk with them about this. Tim Ashoff, President and CWO of Crete. Also, Eric Cutter, the President of Schaefer, trucking on the phone with me. And also, Chris Genest. He is the Network Transportation Operations Manager for Mars Pet Care. And, Chris, thanks again for doing this. Uh, I do want to get a website out for folks to look you guys up. Uh, also, maybe social media as well. What's the best way to find you guys at Mars Pet Care? Yeah, so MarsPetCare.com is uh, just our, our regular home site. I think a couple other sites to mention would be the Pedigree Foundation. So uh, it's the foundation to help find permanent homes for pets. Uh, that's a great one. And then Better Cities for Pets as well, uh, both of those, .com and .org, uh, for all of those. So those are great ways to get a hold of us. Okay, very very good. You know, you mentioned the Better Cities for Pets idea, and uh, from what I was rem- remembering when we were out there a few months ago is that uh, this is a really cool initiative that's designed uh, to uh, help pets find those forever homes. Tell folks about that, if you want. Yeah, we really believe that no one should be forced to choose between a, a pet and a place to live or be able to, you know, just skip the healthy exercise that's out there because there's no pet-friendly green spaces. So we've started the Better City for Pets um, program that helps cities be more pet-friendly so that everyone can live that kind of healthy life together. Um, So we go around and we help cities certify to recognize and and we celebrate those cities um, and put programs in place to make a better life for people and pets. And that's that's really what the program does. There's there's different grants through, through the website and other things. So highly recommend that people check it out. Um, and kind of see, you know, where where the where better cities for pets are at around the nation. Okay, very good. I appreciate it. And uh, Eric, let me get websites, social media out there as well, where drivers can find you guys at Schaefer. What's the best truth? We can be reached at CreteCarrier.com. Okay, easy as that. And I know that uh, Tim Ashoff, I believe you are on Twitter as well. Am I correct in that? Yeah, we're on Twitter. Uh, we have a Creek okay. Carrier Twitter page, uh, and then uh, certainly Facebook out there is a big uh, arena for us, as well as YouTube. So you can find us on essentially all the uh, social media platforms. Okay, very good. Yeah, some of these videos that I've seen of you guys are really very, very cool. You really get uh, out there and talk with the drivers. That's going to be up on the uh, YouTube 
channel. And uh, gentlemen, send me all those links. I'll put that up on our site. And thanks again for uh, doing this. I, I wanted to get your observation about the overall economy uh, and where we've been for 2019 and what's ahead maybe for 2020. And uh, Tim, let me start with you. I was reading a story during the news break about uh, Columbus-based Cummins announcing it's going to be laying off 2,000 salaried employees as the uh, global engine maker is now coping with a downturn in some of their business models out there. When you look at what's going on in trucking overall, as far as the freight rates are concerned, uh, this year I would imagine probably not as robust as uh, 2018, but still not bad at all, right? Or, or can we maybe do a lot better? What are your thoughts here? You know, I, I think, yeah, 2019's really has been pretty good. And I think even with Cummins, we have to put things in perspective. 2018 was just one of those, you know, knock it out of the park years. It was a very interesting uh, confluence of a lot of different things from, from tax breaks, from pent-up demand, uh, to just a number of things that were coming into play. And particularly in the trucking industry, obviously, there was a lot of freight available out there. But then there was a lot of companies that went out uh, because of the uh, freight that was available and some of the spot market rates buying a lot of new equipment. So people like Cummins had record demand. Um, you know, we, we buy a lot of Freightliner trucks, and we continue to buy about the same amount every year, year after year. That's who we are. But a lot of other companies, um, you know, just placed a large number of orders uh, because they've been behind in, in their purchase cycles. So yeah, Cummins and others are coming off of, of last year, but I, I really still think it's going to be a pretty good year for the economy overall. Um, as Eric and I in the last uh, probably three or four weeks have probably visited eight of the top 12 consumer package companies out there, and every one of them has told us they're looking forward to a good 2020. Mm. Uh, they don't see their freight being down. Um, now, how freight gets moved and, and creating some efficiencies we've talked about, uh, again, once we want to be better at that next year, so there, mm -hmm. there's those types of impacts. But I think the economy as a whole, uh, I think we see you know still a relatively strong economy. I think people are talking about a you know GDP at a 2%. Mm -hmm. uh, with the size of our economy, that's growth. That's still pretty good. So um, we're, we're still pretty pretty uh, uh, optimistic about, you know, just the overall levels of freight out there and what the U.S. economy is going to do the next 12 months. Let me get you to talk about this as well, Tim. Uh, some articles out there about uh, some calling 2020 a recession year. Um, I mean, can, can you make a, a statement like that in your estimation, or is that going to depend upon the sector? Sure, there's going to be a little bit of a slowdown, maybe not as robust as 2018, like you mentioned, but is that dreaded R word on your radar screen? You know, I don't really think so. I think there will be some sectors, potentially, yes, that that uh, go backwards. But, you know, recession means we have negative growth, and I just really don't see that. I, I do think, you know, we're going to get something done on the trade front here, and I think that will be a positive, uh, and hopefully, you know, that will come the first part of the year. So that would be, you know, even an added bonus to us. Uh, you know, maybe the one thing towards the back end, end of the year is, you know, I'm, I'm out there visiting some folks and some business leaders, and they are talking about, hey, if – if towards the end of next year it looks like we may have a change in administration, that may impact what they do because if that means, you know, more regulation coming, higher taxes and other things, there may be less investment mm -hmm. uh, in business and consumers may start spending less. So, um, you know, there's, there's those two variables out there that, that could have an impact, but I think the underlying economy um, is strong. Okay, and Eric, from your vantage point, uh, are you in agreement with him that uh, we still have a really solid foundation with economic growth for next year? Yes, most most definitely a very solid foundation for growth. Uh, most of our shippers, uh, they they honestly struggle with uh, the full employment throughout the uh, throughout the country and finding qualified labor to uh, not only load and unload our trucks, uh, 
but you know just to, to work at, in their companies uh, because we do have full employment and then you look at the consumer spending I mean people are buying a lot of a lot of goods yeah so freight freight's moving yeah and, and our customers are having a hard time keeping up yeah absolutely Chris I want to get you to expand on that as well I'm sure you probably keep up with some of the um, economic prognostications uh, dreaded R word has come up uh, for some in some circles if you will but I'm looking at some of the numbers like Tim mentioned with the GDP growth I mean 2020 should be a solid year uh, not as robust maybe as 2018 but still I think we're going to be on good footing what do you think yeah we, we definitely look forward to a really strong 2020 again and and uh, you know I, I echo what Tim and Eric have said about our forward-looking plans is to continue to grow I mean we wouldn't be looking in and changing our DC footprint or the way we're doing things if we didn't believe in the, the consumer growth we're seeing in, in our industry and, and the things that are happening. Um, it's allowing us to do things. Uh, we're starting to pilot some new lanes with Crete over the next uh, next few months as well to really uh, build that collaborative relationship. And, and, you know, we're looking at how do we make those very efficient. So I think, you know, we're all on the lookout for change in, the, in, in economic terms, but I think we continue to find efficiencies in the work that we do to go help offset that as we move forward. So I personally am looking forward to another good year next year. Um, I don't see many downturns, and, and when I look at the demographics and, and around that, I think, you know, we, we do have the, the baby boomers kind of exiting. Yep. We have this new generation of millennials coming in. And I think, you know what, they're going to they're gonna fill the gap pretty quickly as, as we look at that. When you look at uh, some of the growth plans also going forward, uh, what is the situation as far as maybe building new facilities in different parts of the United States? Uh, Chris, is that high on the drawing board uh, for the uh, Mars Pet Care Wrigley folks? You know, we continue to look at that. So, again, that's why we're building out this, this five-year RDC program to make sure we get closer to our customers and, and be able to service them quicker. Uh, we continue to watch how customers, how our customers behave, um, you know, reductions in, in their hold inventory. So we have to be closer to them. We have to be able to replen them quicker. We have to be able to get product on shelf uh, more timely. Um, it's it, what it's what makes partnerships like this so critical. You know, I talked about earlier in the program, creates 95% on time. You know, that makes it super critical when when you're looking at low low uh, quantity on shelf, low quantity in back room. We have to make sure that we're getting the product there in a timely manner, and, and and that's just that's what's driving a lot of our decisions as we move forward. Absolutely. You know, and and I think what's really great is the fact that uh, when you look at what you guys do. Uh, as one of the components, Mars Pet Care, I mean, we are talking about uh, folks that are spending billions and billions of dollars uh, for pet wellness products, pet food, and, and things like that. That is, I think, one of, probably one of the fastest-growing segments of the U.S. economy going forward for 2020 is that, uh, you know, maybe in some lead times, folks are going to cut back here and there, but they're certainly not going to maybe cut back on what their pets need. So if you're talking about it, we're talking about it. Back to Road Dog Trucking News with Mark Willis. Hey, drivers, the phone number to call into the show. It is 888-876-2336 across North America. That's going to get you on board. Feel free to jump in and be part of the conversation. Tim Ashoff, President CWO of Crete Carrier, Eric Cutter on board as well, the president of Schaefer, and Chris Janess, the Network Transportation Ops Manager at Mars Pet Care. Gentlemen, again, thank you for doing this. And, uh, man, we're going to do a deep dive 
into the Atri top 10 list here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but, uh, Tim, let me get your thoughts on this. As we go into the break, uh, a lot of folks know the drug and alcohol clearinghouse rules go into effect January 6th of next year. And basically, shippers and carriers alike need to be aware of the new regulations and its potential impact as supply chains. Talk about this. How important is it in your estimation for shippers and carriers to get ready for the potential impacts on this to cost and maybe capacity? Are you getting any feedback from uh, shippers and, uh, and, say, drivers or others in the industry? What do you think? I, I think there's a lot of concern because anytime you move into something new, there's an unknown. What will the impact be? And I think as we look at January, you know, we have a number of unknowns coming this January. We've got the, you know, the drug and alcohol clearinghouse where, you know, certainly all of us as carriers are going to have to report any positive uh, drug or alcohol tests to that clearinghouse. And then as if we go to hire anyone, we need to check that um, drug and alcohol clearinghouse as a background check. But we also need to check our own drivers annually as well to see if, um, unbeknownst to us, they had a positive drug screen somewhere else in the industry. So what impact will that have? You know, it's, it's hard to say, uh, but it certainly will have an impact. And then, you know, you combine that with some of the other things that are happening. You know, January 1 is typically an insurance renewal for a lot of carriers, particularly smaller ones and owner-operators. And we're hearing a lot out there about, uh, you know, insurance rates going up high. So what will that have an impact on capacity? You get the um, independent contractor uh, or lack of independent contractor now. Sure law going on in, in California, and what impact is that going to have on, on the independent contractors out there? Are they going to move and, and uh, to another state and stay in the market? Are they just going to get out of the market? Are certain carriers not going to go to California anymore? So I just think there's a lot of things that our shippers are concerned about, and, and we, too, as a, as a carrier, are concerned about um, come January 1 as to what's going to happen in the marketplace. I've got about a minute uh, left here before i got a break, but uh, tort reform high on the agenda for discussion, in your estimation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we've just seen the cost of claims and litigation go up, and and really in in many unnecessary ways, uh, some of the things that are happening out there. And and uh, unfortunately, um, it's it's costing the whole industry, and then ultimately costing our shippers, which then ultimately ultimately does go back to the consumer. So we got to get our, our our arms around this. Um, you know, we as a larger carrier, financially stable, very safe, doesn't impact us as much. You know, a lot of the the solo. People out there, smaller companies, not as good as safety records, not as well capitalized, it will have an even bigger impact. Okay, I've got to break one more time, guys. Uh, coming up on news, traffic, and weather, Mark in California is going to be the first one up. And uh, Mark wants to talk about technology changes in the trucking industry. And uh, Mark, hold on, guys. Jump in. You know the phone number if you want to be part of the discussion. It's 888-876-2336. You know, we are coming up on a brand new year. 2020 right around the corner guys and uh, man i'd like to get some thoughts from you as well if you want to uh, be part of it uh, man how has trucking changed over the last 10 years you know we got a brand new calendar coming up here right around the corner you look back as to what was going on back in 2010 in trucking man how has it changed from then to where we are now coming up in 2020 and we're also going to get into the conversation about Atri's top 10 list and uh, big on their uh, priority list is the uh, driver pay. So we'll talk about that as well. Uh, so, Mark, hold on. Phone number again if you want to be part of the conversation. It's 888-876-2336. Now, also, too, if you want to join me on social media, 
you can do that. There are a number of drivers that just simply don't want to call in. That's great. That's all right. Uh, but if you want to communicate with the panel, maybe talk with me as well, just uh, shoot me a message on Facebook, and I'll make sure that that question is read. Back in a few minutes right here on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. Business strategies, tips, and tricks to help today's professional driver grow their business. Hey, everyone, it's me, Kevin Hart. I'm back. Kevin Hart and the Plastic Cup Boys are back. Let's make sure that we give the people what they want. With all new shows. Two days a week. We're going to make it do what it do. Hear the latest from Kevin Hart on his exclusive Sirius XM show. We're talking about putting in work, talking about your ladies and the expectations that they made. Wait, Wait a, a second. This Straight from the Heart with Kevin Hart, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're now doing two-hour episodes, man. Sirius XM's Laugh Out Loud Radio, Channel 96. Your brain changes as you get older, but Prevagen helps your brain. In a clinical trial, a subgroup of adults with normal or mild memory impairment improved in measures related to memory. Prevagen is the number one pharmacist-recommended memory support brand. You can find it in the vitamin aisle in stores everywhere. Prevagen, healthier brain, better life. 2019 Pharmacy Times Survey. Statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Ahoy, ye mateys! Now I know you probably think a pirate like me with a peg leg and an eye patch is in search of me buried treasure, but tis not so, me mateys. My brave crew and I have pledged to plunder no more until we clean up all the garbage that comes out here from land. Why just today, I found an aluminum can that said soda pop from the mountaintop. Somebody probably threw it on the ground and it washed into a drain pipe and into a river and into the ocean. Now I've got the best crew in the seven seas. Hooray! But we can't do it all ourselves. No, not on our own. Lend us a hand by always recycling and disposing of your trash properly. To learn more about keeping oceans clean, visit keepoceansclean.org. That's our nation. I mean, keepoceansclean.org. What? That's keepoceansclean.org. Yeah, what he said. Brought to you by the Keep Oceans Clean Alliance and the Ad Council. Titans, go! When the Teen Titans go to the movies, they know the best way to travel is safely. Hollywood, here we come! To keep your child safe, be sure to use the right car seat for their age and size. Exactly. We're finally on the big screen. Have a seat, my dude. For more information on finding the right seat, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Gotcha. That's a wise move. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Well, not one, but two winter storms that we are watching. We have Dorothy that continues to bring snow to Colorado, uh, portions of Nebraska, and on up into South Dakota with Ezekiel working on shore in California now. And that's going to continue to bring uh, snows to Northern California uh, with uh, snow levels dropping all the way down to 500 feet in some areas uh, north of uh, Sacramento. And, of course, uh, we're going to be watching snows that will continue to fill in through the afternoon and tonight across the Sierras. Winter storm warnings are currently up. High wind warnings and wind advisories stretch across southern, central, and northern California into Oregon, across much of Nevada, even parts of Arizona, Utah, Idaho, and Montana uh, dealing with wind advisories at this time. So difficult travel and windy travel expected across much of the west in the days ahead. Of course, Dorothy will continue to spread snows across portions of the central plains, getting into Iowa and Minnesota later tonight.
If it's happening in the trucking industry, it's news. And Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio is here to get you up to speed. This is Road Dog Trucking News with Mark Willis. All right, Travers, hey, it is hour number two, and I've got a roundtable going on right now. A CEO roundtable. I've got the, from Creek Carrier, I've got the president and a CWO of Creek, Tim Mashoff, on the line with me, along with Eric Cutter, president of Schaefer Trucking, also Chris Genest on the phone. He is with Mars Pet Care, Network Transportation Operations Manager. And what I'm doing, guys, I'm doing a deep dive into 2019. Where have we been in the trucking industry? What kind of a year has it been? Good, bad, and ugly. Let's talk about that. How has it been for you, and where are we going in 2020? Gentlemen, again, appreciate you joining me on the program. Let's go right to the phones. Mark is first up in California. Hey, Mark, want to welcome you to the program, sir. Talk about this uh, technology. Is it going to be driving trucking going forward? Man, I think it's going to be a lot of great changes. You know, I, I look back. I'm an old-school driver. I started in 89, and I, I'm a driver instructor, so I do take students. And, you know, every time I get them in the truck, I'm asking them this and that, and they're actually helping out the old man a lot, putting apps on my phone, like a Transflow app and sure. stuff like that. I'm like, so to me, it's a, it's a win-win. It's hand helping hand. I just think the trucks now are just unbelievable and from that. If you look at it, when something goes wrong now with a truck, you have the right app in your phone. It's going to send you a message to your phone. Hey, check your coolant level. Or, hey, by the way, man, you haven't moved your oil stick and stuff like that. I just think that's kind of cool. And I guess the new thing coming out now is going to be the mirrors inside the cab. And uh, I saw one of those Nikola uh, energy car trucks there run on electricity the other day. Sure. That's, man, that's a beautiful machine, you know. I'm embracing going forward as I'm getting older, only because it's going to make my job easier. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yes, a- absolutely. How many years have you been out there, Mark? Uh, since 89, June of 89. So we're looking at, what, 30 years? Oh, that's wonderful, man. And And what a great record, and congratulations on that accomplishment uh tim eric let me get you guys to comment on that he's saying bring it on uh, it's going to help people uh, that have been out there for many years make their life a whole lot easier i think he's absolutely right and what you can tell him about him is he's got two things he's got a great attitude about technology and a great understanding uh, about technology and and that's goes a big way because technology generally means change um, and so if you're one of those people who don't like change, it's always going to be a little bit harder to adapt. But you also have to have a good understanding. What can the technology do? What are its limitations? But also then understand whenever you're implementing a new technology, there are challenges. There are bugs in the technology. There are things that uh, we can anticipate in uh, R&D rooms and, and uh, in in places other than out there on the road um, so until you get it out there and get it field tested um, you're going to have some bugs but if you have you know drivers like him that have that great attitude and, and that understanding you know technology will be great for them yeah absolutely and and mark i'll tell you when you uh, talk with some of the younger drivers out there i mean what if they what are they learning from you uh as far as like experience and things like that it's a two-way street isn't it oh absolutely look i i, I do my students because I like to do it, first of all, yeah. and I don't do it for extra money. Like, as I sit in the driver's seat, I log on duty. I don't try to run the truck as a team. I'm trying to teach. So that way they stay in the business because I don't want them to leave. You know, this this is – I made a lot of money 
driving a truck that I know I would have not have made anywhere else, especially in the factory job. But teaching the students safety right off the rip is my point. Hey, look, the roads, you know, you know, 150 miles ahead, that highway shut down. Let's get stopped, fire up the crock pot, let's get dinner cooked, and we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. You know, you got to call in, let everybody know you're going to be late and keep everybody in the loop. Yeah, a- absolutely, Mark. Great, great words to live by using that technology and keeping everybody in the loop. And, uh, Eric, that's what it's all about. I mean, taking that veteran's experience of being out there uh, 30 years, he knows what to do. He understands how the technology is going to be working out there. And and that's what's great about the industry is that uh, the younger people that are coming into the industry can can learn a whole lot from the veteran drivers out there, right? What do you think? Oh, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I like I like Mark's perspective. Um, he's obviously got the art of, of conversation and knows how to talk to people. So he has good relationships. Uh, no matter how much technology you put into our business, it, it's still always going to be a relationship business and how you treat others and then listen to others and, and learn from their perspectives. And it sounds to me like, like Mark uh, works with his students and probably with his company and, and probably customers in, in all those same manners. And that probably benefits him and his students greatly because it's really still about still about relationships and how you treat other people, and and, uh, and that's just that's good for our industry. Uh, absolutely, Chris, and uh, expand on that from your vantage point. Uh, Mark was saying uh, from California about the importance of bringing technology in, uh, but, uh, man, that face-to-face, one-on-one handshake, that relationship building is such a critical aspect of developing the trucking industry, the transportation, and supply chain, correct? I mean, that's, uh, I would imagine, the hallmark of what you guys do at Mars Pet Care, the, uh, the first and foremost, establish that bond. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to make sure you have those very deep relationships. And it's, you know, it's not only with the with the Tims and the Eric's of the world, but it's with the people that are that are showing up at our sites, right? And, and we want to make sure that they have the best experience while they're there, hopefully the shortest experience while they're there, but but the best experience while they're there. And, you know, we call our we call the guard checks welcome centers. We want them to be, we want to be welcoming. We're doing a lot of, of changes around what we're doing at those at those um, at those welcome centers as, as drivers come in. We're moving them to where they're, where, you know, we're working on getting them up to truck height so drivers don't have to get out, get back in. Um, we're, we're working on making sure that they have the right information at the at the welcome center to get the get the driver moving just as quickly as possible. And I think that that's what builds that relationship. That's what that's what builds on on creating those those positive experiences where we, we continue to get people back over and over again yeah tim that positive experience uh leads to a safer driver on the road doesn't it oh absolutely you know that uh, having a driver having a good uh least amount of stress day as possible just makes that driver a much safer driver they can then focus on the road focus on their surroundings be thinking ahead as mark said hey what, what am i going to be doing what am i going to be facing in a mile what am i going to be facing in in an hour um what do i have to make sure i'm paying attention to and thinking ahead and those are good uh, hallmarks of a safe driver okay absolutely and and tim let me get you to expand a little bit on what's going on with the ad three top 10 list talking about some stresses in the industry right now just as way of a of a background primer that uh, atri the american transportation research institute publishes its annual list of top trucking concerns and uh, every year they will put out this list like clockwork and uh, a lot of folks i mean a lot of the trucking industry will look at these issues these concerns and then try to find ways to maybe remedy those situations and uh, Tim at the top of the list 
Ford 2019 for Atri is the driver shortage, and this is coming in as the third consecutive year. And uh, this is uh, the driver shortage topping the industry, uh, the list of industry concerns among all respondents. Is the driver shortage job one for the overall trucking industry? What do you think? I think it is very, very uh, high on the list, and and it's you know we talk about uh, the industry goes up and down, the demand goes up and down, and and some might say, well, is there really uh, a driver shortage just given um, what you hear maybe about spot market rates or otherwise? But I think from our perspective, uh, what we really see is there's a shortage of quality drivers out there. The drivers like Mark that was just calling in, drivers who really understand um, what it means uh, to be a, a safe, productive, reliable over-the-road driver. And that can really handle the lifestyle of the over-the-road driver, you know, being away from home maybe two, three weeks at a time, uh, being at the whims of the winter storms that are crossing the country right now, as well as traffic, as well as things that change, whether with their company or with a shipper or with a a receiver and being able to adapt to that change. So, you know, it's a challenging job, um, and uh, those that uh, who are really good at it and want to do it seems to be there's there's fewer and fewer of those all the time. Uh, And so, yeah, that is a big challenge for us and a big focus for Crete and Schaefer is making sure that we are the place uh, where those quality drivers want to go to be that good uh, over-the-road driver. Um, There are parts of the industry where maybe it's not quite as challenging, you know, maybe the home nightly jobs and others things. Um, But, you know, the the large majority of our customers, you know, like like Mars, for example, they need drivers that can be out there um, doing some regular out work. They don't necessarily know what their customer patterns are going to be or or how that's going to work and and need that good quality driver that's going to be able to stay out on the road. So those drivers are in, in great demand. Uh, we still see that, and uh, you know, I think it's something that we as an industry need to continue to work on improving the environment, uh, improving the life for them, like we we're doing with Mars, like they talked about with the welcome centers, like we're doing here, and trying to make things uh, as much as efficient and frustration-free as possible uh, mm-hmm. to kind of help lessen uh, that shortage of drivers out there. Let me ask you this, Eric. Uh, Atray listed several potential policies that maybe could alleviate the uh, shortage, and one would allow train drivers 18 to 20. Uh, to haul interstate loads. And uh, right now I know a lot of folks know federal regs don't allow drivers that young to do that, but 48 states allow 18 to 20-year-old drivers to operate commercial vehicles within their state borders. Uh, Have you and Tim talked about this as maybe one way to try to alleviate these uh, shortage numbers we're hearing about? What do you think? Mark, Tim and I have discussed that, and, and, you know, we we think there's probably a a limited amount of usage for that, maybe a uh, intrastate or, or maybe a, a shorter shorter regional type uh, scenarios, but uh, that's not really typically in the, in the wheelhouse for, for Crete Schaefer and uh, not, not really what, what we're looking for right now, but it, it could it could maybe help uh, help other other carriers possibly. Okay, absolutely. And it is on the uh, drawing board for consideration. Chris, when you hear about some of the numbers involving the uh, driver shortage running as, far, running as high as 60,000, According to the American Trucking Association, this has got to be, I would imagine, high on the list for concerns, correct? And that finding good qualified drivers to be able to operate, having those kind of folks on board that got the qualifications, the years of experience, will help in the overall operational efficiency for Mars Pet Care, doesn't it? It does, and that's why we really look at at how we're 
how we're building our freight plan, right? So yep. you look at what we're doing at Mars Pet Care, we're looking at how do we keep our drop and hook high? That helps with with that driver retention. It also helps with keeping that driver moving. You know, as I talked about earlier in the program, we're looking at how do we get closer to those customers? How do we make sure that the, the freight's timely when, when it's supposed to be ready, it's ready? It's all of those things that we see when we get into those times where driver shortages happen or it gets very tight in the market. We try to make our freight uh, very available. Um, very very good freight that keeps drivers moving and we, we really do try to reduce on on how many times are, are we delaying a driver so they miss their next load or their next load how many times do we stop them from being able to most be the most productive they can be yeah. and so I think that's where we're using the technology and the data to move forward let me ask you this Tim hours of service uh, very much uh, very hot topic in the trucking industry right now we're still waiting for word to come back from the FMCSA on the five recommendations that uh, they want to maybe implement. I believe there was somewhere in the neighborhood of like 5,000 comments that came in, but I could stand to be corrected on that. Still waiting right now, but I think the uh, overall theme for the hours of service changes was how do we make drivers uh, more operationally efficient? Do we give them more flexibility? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Can drivers really benefit by having that extra flexibility within their workday, how would that work? I, I think so, and I think the FMCSA did a good job of balancing uh, the practical flexibility needs with uh, still having safety as everyone everyone's number one goal. And I know for for drivers, that's their number one goal too. They don't want to be unsafe out there. So, how do we make sure we're we're not taking some maybe of unintended consequences from the current hours of service rules? Provide some flexibility where the flexibility may even actually make a driver safety. You know, I, I, I followed this pretty closely, attended some listening sessions, um, talked a lot with our drivers, and, you know, some of the flexibility with respect to the 30-minute break, for example. You know, most of my our drivers would say, hey, look, I don't drive eight hours straight, um, yeah. but I don't necessarily want to stop for a half hour. I like to drive for four hours and stop for 15 minutes and drive another four hours and stop for 15 minutes, get up, walk around, use the restroom, do those types of things. And so they actually feel safer if they can do that um, rather than just you know thinking, well, I'm going to have to stop for a half hour. Let me power through to that full eight hours of driving. And so I think you know the FMCA listens to things like that. I yeah. think they know that that makes good practical sense. So I really do have a lot of confidence that they are going to uh, move forward with something like that. And I know it's a strong desire of, of them to get, the, you know, something done here uh, in the next, you know, six to nine months um, and, you know, before the election and other things to ensure that uh, they're, all the work they've done with the industry, with drivers, um, is something that comes then to, to mutual benefit uh, at the end of the day and gets put in the regulations. What about as far as uh, your thoughts on this, Eric, concerning Driver pay, that's coming in as uh, the number three item on the ad free list. Trucker pay ranking third on the list of concerns. And it was the first year that it made the list. And uh, ad said it came up this year because a lot of motor carriers are responding to the driver shortage by significantly boosting driver pay. Talk about this. Uh, is that going to be one of, the, one of the key elements, bringing new drivers in, keeping the drivers we have in place going forward? I think driver pay will help keep drivers uh, in the industry, Mark. Uh, last year, Crete Schaefer, we raised driver pay over 17%, and then we uh, we check uh, month over month, year over year, and Crete Schaefer drivers are, are making more money with uh, the consistent miles and the pay pay increases from last year, and uh, they're making more money year over year. Um, 
more so than, than just pay. We like to think that, uh, you know, we, we give our drivers a high level of, a, of respect and uh, give them a feeling of, of being valued and also the, the quality of their home time. So, you know, we, we, value, we value the whole package of not only just pay, but, but how they're valued and they're, they're meaningful to our company and our business. And I, I, help, uh, I like to think that keeps our driver turnover low. Yeah. Uh, you know, with a driver turnover of 46% last year, I think the total package uh, suits uh, our drivers well. Okay, let me ask you this as well, Chris, from your vantage point, uh, you know, having drivers in place to move the product from Mars Pet Care and Wrigley, very critical uh, to the operational efficiency of your organization. I'm, I know you probably keep up to date with all of the things going on with the driver pay. There's a cause and effect relationship with this, isn't it? Yeah, I think there is. I think this is where the long-term relationships with the carriers come in. And, you know, Crete and, and us have been able to sit down at the table and talk through all of that, um, you know, and, and just talk about what does the future hold. And I think, you know, that that's that's what creates the good relationships and being able to say, hey, what's the long-term, what's the short-term, and, and how do we make sure we're being mutual across the board? So, yeah, it, it, it's definitely a topic for us. If it's happening in the trucking industry, it's news. This is Road Dog Trucking News with Mark Willis on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. Hey, drivers, we've got a roundtable underway, and, man, we're doing a deep dive into 2019. What in the heck kind of a year has it been for the trucking industry, the shipping industry, the supply chain? Sure, there were some challenges this year, but not to the point where it's not uh, we're not able to overcome it that's one of the great things about the people in the trucking industry that regardless of what's going to be going on the freight is going to get moved regardless of what's going on in the economy the shipping side of it's going to also gear up to make sure that the freight is going to be ready to go when you guys pull up to that dock tim ashoff president cwo of creed carrier corporation eric cutter on the president of schaefer and uh, Chris Geneston, Network Transportation Operations Manager for Mars Pet Care. And Chris, again, thank you for joining me on the program. You know, I think a lot of folks, when they hear the name Mars, they might think of the candy bar, uh, for example. But uh, talk about the enormous economic growth and muscle that the company has. Uh, we're talking about some very, very household, a very recognizable household names and I'm, I'm reading from the mars website 125,000 mars associates working in 80 countries around the globe clear direction and a moral and a moral compass are essential talk about that being the dna of the organization yeah really that you know the mars was founded on the on the five principles of quality responsibility mutuality efficiency and freedom and and we use those every day, both internally and externally, as we talk to each other and as we talk to all our partners. And and you're right, you know, um, our, our, our motto here at Pet Care is a better world for pets, and that's really the driving purpose of everything we do. And we use those principles to drive that. You know, we have brands such as Pedigree, Whiskas, Greenies, Neutro out there in the market. And we believe in every one of those brands. We believe in, in great nutrition for, for our pets. Um, they're, they're just as much of our family as, as anybody else, and, and it's just a great industry to be in, and it's, it's great to have partners like Crete as we continue to move forward. Yeah, looking at uh, this a little bit uh, further on the website, 
Uh, Chris, I'm reading here at verbatim. It says the consumer is our boss. We must remember that we cannot influence millions of consumer choices until we have convinced them the uh, convinced the first one, then a second, and then a third consumer to buy our brand. That domino effect is amazing. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, it's it's it's. It's kind of the old saying is, uh, you know, one complaint goes to 20 people, but one compliment maybe goes to one. And, and really, we're just, we're just growing the business one customer at a time. And, and we truly believe in, in the products we put out there and the way we put them out there. Uh, we believe in, in all the Mars brands. And, again, we're, we're doing it in the best way possible, you know, building a better world. We're very big into, into how, do we, how do we affect the environment, what is our sustainability plan. And you can see that at Mars.com and how we talk about continuous sustainability around all the products that we make, whether it be from the Wrigley piece to the chocolate piece to the pet care piece. Uh, it's, it's truly a great company to be a part of. All right, Tim and Eric, let me get you to comment on that as well because it really does get down to that individual relationship. And uh, having a company on board like Mars, for example, really does, I think, stress uh, the tremendous value for both companies and uh, also that collaborative partnership of uh, getting it right the first time. What do you think? Uh, that's absolutely true. You know, uh, we uh, here at Crete and Schaefer, we have a lot of customers, but we don't just haul for anyone. We do want to find that cultural fit, some of that has the same values. You know, Mars has been a customer of ours for over 40 years um, when you look at their different uh, divisions. And, and we have a lot of things that really match up. You know, we're still both privately owned. We're, we're very much family-owned companies uh, in different ways, with with them being much bigger than us, of course. But, you, you know, we have our division and our dry division that serves the pet care division well, and we have our Schaefer temp control division, which does great with their Mars uh, Wrigley division. Uh, but it goes beyond just the business fit. It goes down to that cultural fit. You know, the, the five values that Chris mentioned are very much in line with our seven principles of, you know, safety first and foremost, say what we mean, mean what we say, be ethical, uh, be the best trucking company in the business, um, lead, which means sometimes following the load, road less traveled, you know, respect, we want to give it and we want to earn it. And then finally, we want to work hard and play hard and have a little fun. So that cultural fit is also very important to us because without that, uh, we wouldn't be doing the collaborative things we're doing today because sometimes when you're doing those types of things, um, th there's a little short-term gain that you could have gotten by doing yeah. something differently, but we're working together looking for that long-term gain together. And so uh, that partnership with uh, with culturally-aligned companies is so very important. Absolutely. Gentlemen, i got to break one more time for a news update. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're welcome to join me in the conversation. Uh, man, it's your chance to talk with some of the industry leaders about things that are going on out there. You know, we talk about what's uh, been happening in 2019. Are you looking forward to 2020, ladies and gentlemen, out there behind the wheel? Is it going to be a good year for you? Do you think your business is going to be growing? Uh, will you be seeing more miles? I uh, want to get your thoughts about all of this. I want to include you in this uh, conversation. Again, the phone number, it's 888-876-2336. It is the bottom of the hour. That does mean it is time for a news update. Let's do that now right here on Sirius XM. Road Dog Trucking Radio. News break. Live and nationwide. Drivers, this news update is going to be brought to you by Schneider. Visit SchneiderJobs.com. All right, one of the big stories, like we've been mentioning, is involving Cummins and the Columbus-based Cummins company announcing that it's going to be laying off 
2,000 salaried employees as the global engine maker is coping with a downturn in business. And from ttnews.com, uh, my friend Dan Ronan is on the phone with me. And Dan, I appreciate you spending a couple of minutes with us here on the uh, program. And it looks like word of this first came down from a company spokesman uh, through an email to the Indy Star. And this has really made a lot of press out there. Good afternoon, sir. Hey, Mark. I've uh, been reporting on this most of the day, and I talked to John Mills, that spokesman who you identified a short time ago. And Mills said that uh, so far it's not clear which company locations or departments will be impacted by the cuts. But he did say that the company previously announced some of the layoffs of the uh, salaried employees at its manufacturing plants had already started to take place, and that was to manage production. He said, uh, we are taking steps in order to respond to declining revenues. This includes discretionary spending across the company, and he said that the several global efforts are underway to optimize the operations. And here's where it starts to get interesting if you dig into the data a little bit. FTR Transportation Intelligence, who we know a lot about, said that heavy-duty truck orders were down by 51% in October when compared to last year. And October is typically the busiest year of the busiest month of the year for the truck orders. And now that we've reached our low point since 2016 in terms of truck orders. And so last week in an analyst uh, conversation presentation, Cummings leadership kind of tipped around to this a little bit, telling shareholders that they were planning to increase profitability amid mm -hmm. the downturn of the trucking industry. And they said that they were going to reduce their structural cost by about $300 million next year. And the company planned to focus some of its investment in fuel cell and hydrogen fuel technologies, leading some analysts to believe that there was going to be a shift away from diesel. I talked to a trucking industry analyst this morning, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Kaufman with Loop Capital, and he says uh, to me, quote, this was just a public announcement of what we had announced. We had had announced at the analyst meeting the week before. He said, I think it goes beyond what was taking place in the factory. I think it's more broad sweeping yeah. than just going on with hydrogen fuel. He says, this is where I see the market going for the next 18 months. Another economist who I talked to, Rajiv Dawan, who's the director of the Economic Forecasting Center at Georgia State, said sure. this is a classic bust, boom and bust type cycle. He said companies, you know, in the 2017 and 2018 spent a lot of money as they saw the industry going up. And he says, now they're pulling back. And he said, it's a classic boom and bust cycle. Yeah. And he said, there's a lot of people who are worried that, you know, we, we are going into a, a little bit of a dip. We've talked about this before with uh, Noel Perry saying that he thinks the, the economy itself is, in, is going to be in a recession this time next year. Cummins, though, and I reported on this at TT News, saw its third quarter revenue drop 3% yes. when they held yes. their earnings calls in October. And they expect their first quarter revenue to dip another 2%, partly because of a decrease in the demand for new diesel engines. So they're having some problems. They're retooling. They're looking at new types of fuels. Yep. But I think this is another sign that, uh, you know, maybe as far as the economy goes in 2020, uh, we may see much slower growth. And we don't know if Noel Perry's prediction is going to play out, but it's out there. You know, absolutely. You know, and, and looking at uh, just the size of Cummins overall, it is still an enormous global powerhouse uh, because it employs more than 10,000 people in the state of Indiana alone and 62,000 on a worldwide basis. So uh, they are still going very much uh, strong when it comes to uh, their side of the trucking industry. And, uh, Dan, you've got this story up on the TTNews.com website, don't you? 
it's going to be going up. And their market share is enormous. They've got yeah. almost 39% of the market share for engines. You know, they're, they're, they're a big, big player in this, in this, in this, in this industry. And clearly they're, they're retrenching a little bit in terms of what the direction is. But I think uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of months to see where the economy goes. And, yes, right, it will be up on the website shortly. All right, very good. That is uh, Dan Ronan, ladies and gentlemen, from ttnews.com. He's going to have that story up on the ttnews.com website here momentarily. And uh, if you get a chance, you got to check it out. This uh, Dan goes into a lot more detail about the uh, developing story from comments. I'm going to break for a few minutes and then come back. On the other side, stay tuned. I'm Mark Willis right here on Sirius XM 146. Now, back to Road Dog Trucking News with Mark Willis on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. Drivers, hey, a programming reminder for you that coming up right after 4 o'clock, Leah Shaver is going to be in. It's the afternoon drive, Road Dog Live. Leah Shaver filling in for Casey Phillips. And, uh, man, I had a chance to tune in. Yesterday on the program, it was a lot of fun, a lot of great information. So you got to stick around. Leah's coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. Great conversation going on this very minute as well. And you're welcome to join me. The phone number again, it's 888-876-2336. Tim Ashoff, President of CWO Crete. Eric Cutter on board, the President of Schaefer. And uh, Chris Genest on the phone. He is the network Transportation Operations Manager for Mars Pet Care. Guys, appreciate you joining me on the uh, program. Let's go to Steve in Virginia, who is going to be first up. Steve, you're on the panel, sir. Question or comment? Welcome on. Well, I just want to make a comment. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Um, I'm in Virginia based. Uh, I'm a lease operator to a, uh, a carrier of about 350 trucks that hold petroleum products, mainly on the East Coast, and uh, I was lucky enough to work for a major oil company for 20 years and got a retirement, but I've owned my own truck for about five years, and I've done really well, to be honest with you. And I was looking forward to next year being a good year, but from uh, I got some bad news today. Uh, the company's based in New Jersey, and uh, they told the lease operators in Jersey yesterday, as of January 1st, they're going to become company drivers or they no longer have a job. Uh, because of the bill that's going through the legislative process. I haven't been passed yet, but they're already telling them they're out of the job. Mm. I just wonder what your thoughts on that might be. Okay, very good, Steve. I appreciate it. Tim, uh, this, of course, goes back to uh, what's going on with AB5 and uh, what the governor signed in the law there. And there's been talk that this is going to be expanding to other states like New Jersey. Uh, what are your thoughts for Steve? What are your thoughts, Steve? You know, it's it's unfortunate that we're seeing this. I mean, I think there are so many great owner-operators, independent contractors out there like Steve that, you know, make a very good living at doing a good job out there. They know they understand the business. You know, I think there's some been some overzealousness, particularly in California, on, on thinking that, that uh, companies are trying to take advantage of independent operators. You know, we really just try to make them to be uh, have the opportunity to really live the American dream, be a, be a business owner uh, and be successful by working hard and doing things smart and you know now we're seeing new jersey that's going to go that way and i can i can speak you know at least somewhat on behalf of the employer there uh, it's a real challenge for us as employers with all these regulations coming down and the the penalties that are coming after us if we don't do something correctly um, we have drivers that will say you know look uh, um, i'm maybe from california and 
I don't want to get paid differently. I don't want. I want to be an owner operator. Um, and I've got people asking me from California, "Hey, why don't you sue your company or, or let us file a claim on behalf of you?" And, and they're like, "No, we 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 have a great relationship. Uh, they pay me fairly. They're honest with me." Uh, and so it's regulators getting involved, and unfortunately, they have a big stick when it comes from a company perspective. So we have to really be prudent in how we comply. And my guess is that's that's what happened with the New Jersey company because they they can also make change quickly. I mean, look how fast this California change is coming on. And if you're a business of all owner operators, that's gonna that could really change your world. And and you got to look out for your customers then too, and say I just can't lose all my owner operators in a short period of time. I got to be able to to sustain my business. Yeah, Steve, from your vantage point, what is this going to mean for you now? I mean, are you uh, going to have to do business elsewhere, or are you thinking about shutting down and not maybe not doing this next year? What are your plans going for? Well, I'm based uh, in Virginia, so it's not going to affect me immediately. Uh, but unfortunately, we got some Democrats in the House uh, down here in Virginia now, and it's turning into a blue state. And uh, I guess I'm safe until they try to pass some kind of bill here in Virginia or some kind of national thing, because I hear there's even something in D.C. maybe going through. But okay. We'll wait and see, I guess. I'll just take it one day at a time. You know, no, absolutely. Steve, thank you, man, for that uh, phone call. I appreciate it. And, Chris, let me get your thoughts on that, uh, because this is going to impact, I mean, a lot of owner-operators. Uh, some of the numbers I was reading, uh, that 75,000 owner-operators may have to change what they're doing come January the 1st. And uh, this, obviously, I think would have maybe a ripple effect into the supply chain and the shipping side. Are you having any feedback from your vantage point, from your customers, uh, those that are out there on the road? Are they offering insight into this? Yeah, no. I mean, we're not seeing a lot of that right now. We we deal mostly, uh, you know, with the, with partners like Creed out there. Um, we do deal a little bit with the owner operators, and and my past, you know, was with owner operators, so I I truly understand where they're coming from, and and honestly, the value that they bring to the trucking industry, uh, you know, and and it's 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 times that that you know we continue to plan for and. And honestly, I, 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 you know, I hope the, for the best for them because uh, they really are, you know, a lot of they bring a lot of value to the trucking industry. You know, I think uh, too, Eric, from the standpoint of uh, the experience of the drivers that are out there, that have got 20, 30 years on the road, and their their owner operators probably some of the safest in the industry. And if some decide that it's just not profitable for them to maybe make that switch over to an employee status, uh, we're going to be losing, I think, many safe drivers as they go on to something else so that could be another aspect could be a safety issue what do you think yes mark i, I agree that could be a safety issue i mean we we would definitely at Crete and schaefer welcome uh any of those owner operators that level of experience we we like to think that uh, we're a place where experienced drivers like to call home um and we would work with them either to become an owner operator with with us maybe out of a different state or possibly a company driver with Crete schaefer but welcome that level of experience and we have a lot of drivers with uh, a lot of tenor and, you know, we we just try to every day, one day at a time, just keep working on for making the driving job better every day for our drivers. Okay, i got to break one more time, guys. Quick weather update. And uh, when we come back out of the break, I uh, want to get some uh, closing thoughts from you guys about new opportunities that are out there for 2020. And I'm looking at uh, something on the Mars website about uh, new opportunities uh, they are looking for new things. Uh, so let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about the launch of maybe new businesses going on. How do companies get the return on investment to keep them efficient, 
and as profitable as quickly possible. In other words, let's take a sneak peek at your business models going forward for 2020. Guys, we've flown through this, and uh, my thanks to the drivers that have called in. Again, if you want to weigh in on any of the things that uh, we brought up, it's an open line for the next few minutes at 888-876-2336. An update on the weather now right here on Sirius XM. This is Road Dog Trucking News, traffic and weather on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. All right, guys, you know, as if one cross-country storm is not enough for the start of Thanksgiving travel rush, a eh? second coast-to-coast storm is ready in the works, and that thing is going to be bringing rain, ice, and snow to the northeastern United States this weekend. And that's as many Americans are going to be making their return trips back home from the holiday. This weekend storm's got the potential to bring wintry precipitation in many more areas when compared to the storm prior to Thanksgiving and all told throughout the holiday weekend. Nearly 230 million of us across the nation are going to be in the path of that wintry weather or high winds at some point starting Wednesday going right on through Monday. And again, I'll circle back to what I said earlier. If you're out there over the course of the holiday, watch out for the other guy. Man, we have flown through these two hours on the program. I wanted to do a roundtable discussion with some of the industry leaders about taking a look at 2019, what kind of a year it's been, and where in the heck are we going in 2020? Tim Ashoff, President CWO of Creek Carrier Corporation on the phone, Eric Cutter, President of Shaper. And uh, Chris Genest on the phone with me, Network Transportation Operations Manager for Mars Pet Care. And I'm just reading here he's got a schnoodle named Coda. Chris, that sounds cool, man. Sorry, I, I didn't catch it. It, it cut out right oh. as you came on. I oh, no problem. What was the question? Oh, no problem at all. I'm just reading through your bio here. A little info about your schnoodle named Coda. Oh yeah, yeah. So we adopted a Coda. Uh, we adopted Coda about nine years ago. Uh, oh, wow. Schnoodle, a, a Schnauzer Poodle mix, and just a just a fantastic dog. She's she's ten now, so uh, very excited to have her in our house, and uh, she's as much part of the family, uh, uh, you know, as as I am. I think most of the time. So <laughs> right, they they do rule, don't they? Right. I mean, the dog does does run the house, uh, which is great. Well, man, I appreciate you joining me on the show. Uh, to talk about uh, where we've been and where in the heck we're going for 2020. What's on the drawing board, the operational plans uh, for Mars going forward with the company, with uh, technology coming on board? It's going to be really quite a robust year ahead, isn't it? Really is, you know, and this is a great topic. Uh, as, as you know, just in, in two weeks, we're going to meet with our top carriers to talk about uh, what does next year look like from an overall service standpoint. Um, you know, how are we using the technology that that we've brought in this year to go help drive, um, you know, just the best out of out of both sides. And uh, super excited about that. And I think 2020, honestly, has has a great capability of being just as good as, as 2019 was. And it, it was a great year for, 
for us, uh, this great partnership with Creed. I mean, again, talking about someone who's pulling 475 loads a week, over 24,000 loads a year for us at a 95% on time. You just can't you can't ask for better partnerships than that. And and I think as we continue to, to share the technology we have and to move forward, I, I think that's just what's critical to our partnership. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. Let me get your thoughts on that. That uh, collaborative partnership is going to be one of the one of the important arenas for the trucking industry going forward, correct? More business development, more working side-by-side side to solve problems and to enjoy mutual successes. Yes, it is, Mark. It, it's, uh, it's great to work with Mars Pet and Mars Wrigley. Uh, we, sat, we sat around the table and talked about uh, uh, pain points for one another just, just last week, talked about detention time, and we used data to tell us uh, when's the best times to come in and out of a gate and how long does it take and how fast is a drop and hook at, at one ship site versus another and how fast are we getting unloaded at, at certain receivers and you know collaborative efforts and what we can do to make those uh, make those more efficient and work together from both ends of the marketplace to work with uh, receivers to make the, dr the driving job better so it, it's great to how we use data and, and collaboration together with Mars.